0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Black Girl Healing Podcast. It's me, Nykima, and I am back with another episode because, nigga, I love y'all. But anyway, this episode I'm really excited to release to you guys. I'm really excited to do, I'm really excited to be here today because I am doing my first interview. Yes, my first ever interview on the Black Girl Healing Podcast and I am so freaking jazzed about it okay I'm so excited I'm so excited to interview this person I'm so excited to hear their story I'm so excited to go down this journey and road with them as they tell us about their healing journey and where they are in life right now and what they're looking forward to so buckle in sit down have a cup of coffee a cup of tea a cup of Jack Downs whatever makes your boat float let's sit down and enjoy this story together as this person opens up their heart In soul to us the black girl healing community and yeah let's let's dive into the episode
1: welcome (laughs) thank you for having me
0: i'm so glad that you're here and so to everybody that is listening this is what do you want to
1: go by your your real name or you want to go by bye i'm drea through and through okay (laughs) (laughs)
0: i don't know else i don't know any other name i don't know what you speak of
1: oh, so you know
0: everybody, this is Dreya, and drea is going to be telling us her black girl healing story and she is going to be letting us go down this road of healing and this road of just exploring who she is as a person so i wanted to give her this time and this platform to really express what she's been going through who she is her journey of to self-love and learning uh more about herself right am i right you're right i'm right okay so i'm super nervous as you can freaking tell this is crazy i talk to you almost every day
1: yeah she didn't mention i'm her little sister okay (laughs) yeah
0: my little sister i talk to you every day and like to have you as a guest on my show it's like my heart is pounding super fast
1: right now oh I've been giddy ever since you asked me I'm like yay I'm so excited okay (laughs) okay okay
0: okay so down to brass tacks so I wanted you to share your story because as much as we talk every day I feel like I understand where you're coming from, but mm-hmm. I also think that there are points on your journey that I don't resonate with because yeah. I've never experienced those things. So I feel like we all can learn different things from everyone's journey. We could take bits and pieces of it and apply it to our journey and uh, help us along the way. So I wanted to start with how you grew up, even though we were in the same household, I think learning from each other, looking at it through different eyes, I was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, we really did experience the same thing, but we have different perspectives of how it looked." Yeah. So, um. Yeah. Let Let's start with our. I, I would say our childhood, but we'll let's start with your childhood. <laughs> your okay. childhood. And uh, what is your earliest memory of childhood?
1: Um, I would probably say. I want to say like first grade. So how old are you in first grade? Six? I think so. Yeah, six. And I I just like, the first memory I really have is daddy walking us to school. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's not something that happened like all the time. But like when I think when people like think back to your childhood, that's always the first thing that comes to mind Mm -hmm. is like being walked to school. Like they had a friend. I don't know if you remember him. I think his name was Casper. Yeah, remember, like yeah. Um, he used to walk me to like kindergarten, and like that's probably like the earliest memory is me walking to kindergarten when I think back. So like five, I guess, mm-hmm. not grade. Um, I remember when I think about childhood, I remember just being like scared. I feel like, mm-hmm. or I don't know, if scared's the right word. Maybe worried. Because I knew we didn't live in, like, the best neighborhoods. We didn't have the nicest places to live. I remember living in, like, hotel rooms and the MGM Grand and, like, not having a car and having to walk all, like, six of us with grocery bags. And I just remember my tiny little body being so tired, holding, like, seven bags of, like, canned goods (laughs) because we had to, like, walk to the grocery store with mom. And, like, go home. So I just remember being, like, worried that that's what it was always going to be. Like, things weren't going to get better.
0: But I was listening to you say, like, you remember the us living in hotels and walking everywhere. Yeah. And I think that in my brain, you guys were too young to remember that. Really? Yeah. And my brain, my brain computed, like, they will never remember this.
1: No, I I remember very very like it, it's almost like vividly
0: mm-hmm.
1: like i can like older drea when i look about it think about it in my head i'm older me is standing across the street watching all of us walk with groceries wow yeah like that's how i see it in my head that is crazy <laughs> like kind of like third person it's kind of crazy but i mean i have photographic memory mm-hmm. um so i mean that's just how my brain works i don't know no, but no, yeah that that, cool that, that, That's something, like, I I had a lot of worry that, like, things were not going to get any better than what this is. Like, this is our forever. But, I mean, at the same time, I was five, so, like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like, to me, it was normal. Yeah. It was like, this is is how everybody lives, to me, in my head, I think, was that, oh, this is normal. Everybody lives like this. And then it wasn't until I got older and I was, like, meeting friends and friends were Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's not normal, bro. Yeah. (laughs) this isn't normal at all so um I would say what do you remember from um being a child and witnessing our mothers and father fathers mother and father relationship
1: just a lot of pain a lot of arguing Mm -hmm. a lot of uh drugs and alcohol I mean like if I think about it sister I can smell cocaine being made yeah right now like I yes. know that smell cause it's, Absolutely. So, it's so, it was so present in our lives. Mm-hmm. And like, I, that's just what I think. I never got to see a happy, healthy, non-relationship from our parents. And I mean, that affects, you know, you as an adult, but when I think about their relationship, I just see pain, mm-hmm. a lot of it. A lot, a lot. It's not something that I like to think about if I'm being completely honest. Why, just... why would you
0: not want to? Well, I get why you don't want to think about it. Do you think that has ever translated into any of the relationships you've had growing up?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So like your first boyfriend, what do you think uh, what you saw as a child translated into that relationship?
1: I, mean, I can't really say like first boyfriend because I was 14. <laughs> and so I'm just like I like him he likes me we're yeah, together yeah like I, I guess I didn't really take that relationship as seriously as like I do now mm-hmm. like if I were in a relationship older I guess I'm saying and that wasn't my first mm-hmm. I can't really say that at 14 because I mean I dated him from 14 to 19 basically mm-hmm. and that's five years of my young life I gave to him and I, it just wasn't that serious. Like, it just wasn't like, <laughs> like there was points in that relationship where it's like, I cannot
0: live without him. <laughs> and
1: It's just like so dramatic. And I, I, I will say this though, like looking at our parents' relationship and seeing that I felt like in that first relationship, it was like, I this is it. Like I found my person, I'm done in game because I didn't, want to be like dating around or like you know seeing other people like that just wasn't what I wanted for myself because I think I saw like our parents being like one person kind of thing Mm -hmm. so that was probably the only positive that came out of that it was like (laughs) them like this is me this is our relationship so, like, I took from that, okay, it's one person. You pick a person and that's them forever because our parents were together since they were teenagers. And I was a teenager when I got into that relationship. So, I just assumed, like, you pick somebody when you're, you're teen you're done. You stay together forever. Yeah. Yeah, Which is why I was so attached to that relationship when I should have left it so long ago. That boy broke up with me every other month. <laughs> like, He's like, I'm done And granted, you. I like, don't blame you. I don't you're blame him because we're teenagers like we don't know what we want you know right
0: right so into your more serious relationships and yeah. um and looking at your parents relationship I think looking at our parents relationship from the outside in yeah like oh they've been together so long mm-hmm. but then if you like as you got older you realize like there were some side people in there too oh like, yeah they They were together, but there were some extras. Yeah. They weren't just together with each other. They were together with other people.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like you can kinda start to tear back the layers of that relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Like my my baby eyes obviously didn't see that. (laughs) (laughs) Um and yeah, I honestly like thought mama was too scared to even like look another way. You know what I mean? Me too. So like that's also why I just didn't see it because I was just like, she would never, because... She
0: would never. She's too afraid of this guy. Yeah. Absolutely. But, as I got older, I was just like, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we're being actually factually. well, no. So, anyway. Their relationship <laughs> is their relationship. Yeah. And what we saw in their relationship, how do you feel like it translated into your most serious relationship?
1: Okay, well, you know, I've been married for, like, eight years. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I met Jacoby when I was 19, 19. Mm-hmm. I was a baby, you know, right. and again, like, and when I met him, I had was still technically dating the other guy. <laughs> oh, and it wasn't like we were serious, but there was talks of me going to like where he was living. Cause he lived out of state at the time. And it, was, it wasn't like, you're mine. I'm yours. But there was talks of us getting back together. Okay. And I ended up meeting Jacoby and that went out the window because I it like I legitimately told myself this could be your husband are you going to give this other guy who you've given a million chances or are you going to give something else another chance and so that's what I did but I feel like in my more serious relationship with my husband I feel like a lot of the beginning I was the bad guy and that's because I was abusive with Stay my words. say more. more. I, I was abusive with my words, and I didn't know how to control my anger. Be mm-hmm. a wife. I was nineteen, you know, and I got married mm-hmm. when I was twenty. But I just thought that's what you do. You meet somebody, you ha- you 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 know, you commit your life to theirs, and then you have a baby, and you know what I mean. Like right. I just what the American dream or whatever it is, and. I found myself to be abusive with my words. There was a couple times I had slapped him in the face and I don't feel like it was like, I'm going to abuse you. It was kind of like, I don't have control over this conversation. So I'm going to let my anger take over and put my hands mm-hmm. on you. Wow. Which is something I had to work on. It wasn't something that happened like all of the time. That's why I say mm-hmm. out of eight years, three times it had happened. Mm-hmm. Three too many, you know what I mean? Right, right. As I went to therapy and was working on all of these things, I was ashamed. Oh, I had great shame forever putting my hands on Jacoby because, you know, it was something that wasn't talked about. It was something that Jacoby didn't talk about. He didn't tell anybody about. It was something that we dealt with amongst ourselves and we went to therapy. And I just was like, you know how like when people, when kids have alcoholic parents, the kids can grow up and either be someone who has never drank alcohol a drop in a a day in their life, or they can be an alcoholic as well. Like it affects you differently. So I feel like for us, growing up with an abusive father, it was like, we're either going to never be that or be that. And I saw myself becoming abusive Maybe not physically, but I was verbally abusive. And I just was like, I have to work on this. Like this cannot be our life. I cannot harm this man with my words the way that I am. It doesn't make any sense. So that is like probably the biggest thing that has affected my very serious marriage.
0: I think that was something that was very key that you said of either I'm going to become this or I am, or I'm going to not ever be a part of a relationship that's like this of somebody abusing me or I'm going to be the abuser. And that's like a defense mechanism yeah. of like, we see something for so long and I absolutely totally understand because it was me. I've seen something for so many years of my mom getting abused. And it's like, I am not dealing with that right. shit. Right. However, trauma. I I take away the fact that she's being abused physically, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with that. However, I've taken on um, mental and verbal abuse because it was better than physical abuse. Yeah. So it's like, well, at least he's not putting his hands on me. That sentence yeah. alone is crazy to me. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. no at least, you know, there should be none. All. There should be none.
1: And you know what, like my anger is something I work on a day to day because Mm. I really do think that's something that I took from Jason. Like
0: I, I think your anger stems from him.
1: Yeah, I really do. Because it's just like the things that irritate me and how quickly I'm like triggered. And it's just like, like, it's just not that deep. Like, take a breath. Like, think about it. Like, address the situation from another angle like I have to talk myself through my anger because I it's just I need to go back to therapy if I'm being completely honest but um, (laughs) we love a self-aware queen hold on (laughs) yes which is something that I appreciate about myself I am very self-aware um but yeah I realized that in my marriage I was abusing my husband with my words and not realizing because I was so young that it was abuse. I was. I'm. Ju- I think I was so headstrong, that it was just like I watched my mother or other people in our family let these men dictate their lives and how it's gonna go. I'm not gonna be that. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let somebody dictate. So I'm gonna be the dictator. And like yeah, it was girl, so what? strong that
0: you're like I'm cussing this man out, and it gets to the yes. point where if he's not listening, I'm gonna put my hands on him. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, crazy. And- Yeah. That's that's great that you were self aware and that you guys took the steps to be like let's go get help let's go get mm-hmm. therapy and let's figure out how to make this stop because obviously I don't want to be this person I don't want to yeah. be the type of wife that is disrespecting my husband this way let's go get help and i think that's really that's really something to be like hold on let me let me backtrack and figure out where this came from and let yeah. me peel back the layers so is there Because there was something you said that was, like, I... It's stemming from my father's anger. Is there, like, another, like, layer to that of, like, well, I have anger because my dad was angry. Is there, like, something else that could be, like, oh, I'm also angry because of this? I...
1: I can't really say that there isn't. I mean, I can't just give all the blame to... I had a crazy, abusive father, and that's what I watched, and that's what I know. I mean, I definitely think there were things in my marriage that I was actually very upset about. And I just would sweep things under the rug, sweep things under the rug. But then, you know, you keep things, you know, you keep sweeping things under a rug, you make a bumpy rug. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it was just like, okay, I'm lifting this rug now and I'm going to let it all out. And it was kind of like, we had issues, you know, and, I didn't know what it was like to be a wife. I didn't know what, I, like, there's no, like, manual on how to do this. <laughs> like, no. No, there's
0: no manual, and then there's no positive, um, what is it? Not portrayal, but there's no positive, like, figure in our life that was yeah. like, this is how you do it.
1: No. And nobody I,
0: had it down packed
1: <laughs> And, like, I'm like, oh, well, you know, we have people in our family who have been married for years, but that doesn't mean they were – Somebody that I was looking up to, you know what I mean. And there was, a, there was time where there were relationships in our family. I was like the couple, blah blah blah. But then I got older and I knew a lot of, you know, family yeah. tea that Yeah, oh, that family TV. Like, oh, yeah. Actually, okay, so not no happy. one knows how to do this.
0: Right, right. So we learned about your, you know, journey with your husband. Mm. What do you think it was the absolute breaking point for your marriage?
1: um infidelity
0: infidelity okay
1: Not just on his part okay i mean and
0: do you think that the infidelity was so much so that you can't there's no way of healing that or what does healing in infidelity look like to you i'll say that
1: um i think having got at the forefront of our marriage to be honest mm-hmm. um trusting in God, if he's telling me that this is the marriage for me, this is the man for me, this is who I'm meant to be with, um, having him at the forefront is the most important. If I can't if we don't navigate our relationship through God, it's not going to work. And I can say that definitively because we have tried after infidelity to navigate through relationship without God you know, listening to outside perspectives and having everyone having uh, in on our relationship and having the peanut gallery, you know, it just was like, it's not going to work because you know what? only person I felt like we needed to listen to was each other and God. Mm -hmm. And if we didn't have that, it wasn't going to work. And I knew it. And we didn't. And it didn't work. So, like you know, like there it is there. Proof is in the pudding. Right. I,
0: I really love that saying because <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> it. The proof is in the pudding. What proof are we looking for that the pudding is good? <laughs>
1: right, I don't know, but like it's there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a goodie. You, you it's stick a...
0: That that makes sense. Okay, so after, did you guys ever think that maybe getting married at such a young age was a factor in y'all's um, marriage?
1: you know what, I don't actually think it was how young we got married. I think it was how young we had children.
0: Ooh, say more.
1: I think it was, like, you know, coming from the family we came from. Right. um, Jacoby coming from living in 25 different foster homes, not knowing a single person in a healthy, happy relationship. Me not knowing a single person. And we're trying to, like... I feel like he had an idea of what the relationship would look like because of how he grew up. And then so did I. And like, they just weren't matching mm-hmm. and then we had the nerve to throw kids into it, <laughs> the audacity, uh, <laughs> then we the, like the nurse. But I also think that we accidentally got pregnant, you know, and then I had my miscarriage and you know, like you don't know you want something until it's taken from you. Mm-hmm. And We had never talked about getting married or having children until I got pregnant. And it was like, he was in the military. Like, this is what military people do. They get married. They have babies, whatever. (laughs) And we were so young and we decided on it. Like, this is how, like, unserious I thought marriage was, that I didn't even care for anybody to be there. Like, I was just like, mom is like, I have to work that day. I can't come. I was like, it's fine. Whatever. (laughs) <laughs>
0: i was oh,
1: feeling, no. like i felt so nervous getting married young that i didn't want anybody to witness it like it was giving me anxiety to have people there okay. and then you know i was in it and i was married and i was kind of just looking at it as like i love being a wife this is so much fun like this is amazing and he takes care of me and whatever and then i got pregnant and we had the baby and then he left and he went overseas and then i had no idea what i was none whatsoever I had no idea what I was doing as a mother because I don't feel like I had a great mother growing up Mm -hmm. so because of that and he didn't have a mother or a father so then we're trying to raise this little baby and we don't know what we're doing and we're at each other's throats and I just wish that we would have thought more about like what it entails to be a parent and thought more back to like what we went through as kids. And it's like, can we really give them great parents and be in a great marriage at the same time? And the answer is no, <laughs> <laughs> the, answer is no. the answer is no, we couldn't, there was no way we were, knew what we were doing at 20 years old, getting married and having kids. There's no way. And I feel like had we waited and figured all this stuff out and went to therapy from get. And we would have been better as a married couple if we didn't throw kids into the bunch. I really believe that because I don't really think, I believe that Jacobi is my person. And I think we went ahead and disrupted that when we were trying to keep up with everybody else and what do with everybody else and being sheep pretty much. Like, oh, this is what they're doing. We're in the military. We should do it, too. And it's like, no, no, we should do it differently. But we did it. And that's okay, because I love my children. I would kill for them.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> that meme on TikTok is driving me crazy, even though moms oh, being God. asked, would you kill oh, for your kid? No. I
1: no. Talk to my core. I'm like, I would kill somebody else's kill children. How <laughs> is
0: this even a thought? But all right. We not. It is what it is. Some people just ain't able. But I think that's something that's very key of being like adding kids to a relationship that is already tumultuous and mm-hmm. don't know what direction you guys are heading in. To add a kid into that is like, how dare thee? Because
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't because I don't think like had me and, me and Jacoby not gotten married, that we wouldn't have been together. It wasn't like we get married or like this is we're done. It wasn't kind of like that. So, like, it didn't really matter. Like, we could have been married. We could have not been married. I still would have been with him. Mm -hmm. But I don't think had we not been married, I would have had a kid with him. I'm not about to be your baby mama. (laughs) We're not doing that. Like, never. But, yeah, I definitely think that it wasn't how young I was being married. It was how young I was having kids.
0: So, what was the biggest point in your healing journey that or what was the the starting factor that you're like you know what I need to heal because this isn't working the way that I've been going so far hasn't worked what was the igniting fire or the igniting spark that was like I need to heal
1: um getting high every weekend every weekend Friday to Sunday I was on another planet and I did it for like A month straight. Um, I would go home Sunday. And I'd sleep. And then Monday morning it was like mommy to mommy mode. uh, Wife mode. And I just realized in doing that, like, this is so unhealthy. Like, I'm getting high every weekend. All three days. Mm -hmm. This cannot be my life. And it wasn't like I was addicted to it, but it was like I wasn't actually dealing with what was going on in my marriage. I was running from it and wanting to be on another level of, like, don't need reality. I need something else, so I'm going to do this. And it's not like I was doing hard drugs, you know, it's shrooms. I don't want your listeners thinking I'll crackhead, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's, there like, yeah, say, what? she's not a crackhead it was
0: true but you know to each but, his own yeah you
1: now <laughs> i haven't done it in a very very long time go me uh, but yeah i think that that's when i went into therapy i stopped hanging out with the people i was hanging out with except for you know one person because that's my Best, my best friend because we both were like we we need to fix this like this isn't okay
0: right. um,
1: so we made the mutual decision to stop together but um yeah that's when I went into therapy and when I went into therapies when my therapist put me on antidepressants and then I just all kinds of like floodgates started to open <laughs> and we started to talk about all kinds of different things even in like my therapy sessions there were things that I didn't even know happened until I was like triggered and I remembered and I was like god
0: triggers be fucking you up
1: yeah I was like (laughs) oh god I totally forgot that wasn't even that was a thing that happened in my life
0: right so what is one floodgate that you remember from therapy that was just like I did not remember that but it was key into being like I absolutely need to heal from that
1: I can't say (laughs)
0: You can't say? Or you can't remember?
1: No, I can't say because I know you have certain listeners. Okay. Um, and they would not be happy if I brought that up.
0: Oh. Okay, so this is like TT. <laughs> yeah. i <laughs> like, I
1: can't. I can't say. But I will say there were things. You know what? There were triggers in my therapy sessions that weren't even my triggers. They were like Quatias or babies or um yours. There are
0: other sisters, by the way. Yeah, sorry.
1: <laughs> you know, it was other siblings mm-hmm. that um you know, we were talking through things and I will say there was abuse that Quaisha endured that affected me so deeply
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I just wanted to be done. I just wanted to be done. I could not even look at this person the same after but I forgot. I completely forgot. Cause like in the moments, that's what I'm saying. You know, when these things are happening to her, I'm like, Oh my God, you're an evil person. I never want to see you again. But also like I'm 16, so I can't go nowhere. Um, but then being adult and having my own life and having my own children and whatever, going into therapy and talking to my therapist, I'd loved her. I cannot say her name for the life of me, but, um, she was awesome. You know, she opened a lot of doors in conversations and things I wasn't comfortable with over time, you know, going to these sessions, I was more comfortable with talking about, but I will say that other triggers were abuse that my siblings endured. And those yeah. opened up flood floodgates. Cause I was just like, I can't believe that they had to go through this. And like, I felt their pain.
0: Absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest things for me is that I feel other people's pain Mm. and i'm like oh my gosh i had to learn not to carry it like feeling it and being empathetic is one thing but learning not to carry other people's pain yeah uh allowing it to affect you spiritually was another thing for me um i would say hearing uh you guys tell me your stories as you were growing up and things that has happened to you Mm -hmm. um Really caused me uh a lot of guilt because I was like, well, if I had been there and if I had uh been strong enough and I've I had it, none of this would have happened. Because in my mind, I'm the only one that went through that. I'm the only um, what is it, black sheep in our family? No pun intended. Yeah. I'm the darkest one in our family. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I was the only one, and to grow up and hear like, no, I went through this, and no, I went through this, and I'm mm-hmm. like hold the freaking door dude what yes. do you mean and that angered me so much that i was just like i failed as a big sister yeah. and growth is learning that i was also a child yeah <laughs> i was also a kid i did not have the capacity physically uh emotionally financially and able to protect my siblings who i look at as my children as well so yeah. it's like mom and mom so it's like you know um being in a situation now as I'm healing and being like okay you, you know taking that guilt away and being like you did not do anything wrong you were a child exactly trying to pass that information to my siblings and being like hey I learned this in I I want you to also learn this too. I want you to also take this information I have and, you know, apply it to your life. And I hope that when I do that, I don't come across as a know-it-all or yeah. that I don't come across as, uh, what is one of those people? Like, Those, oh, well, you can get through it too. If I did it, you can do it. Like, I don't want to come up as one of those people because everybody's healing journey is different. Everybody's healing journey looks a different way. And just because this person is healed doesn't mean, and they healed in X amount of months or years, doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that my healing journey has to look the same way and I have to heal in X amount of months or years. Right. I was just like, well, this is how I do it. Just be encouraging. Whatever phase they are in or whatever part of their journey they are in, just be encouraging and just show up. The ministry of being present with somebody as they're telling you their story, as they're expressing themselves and just being present and not having to add to the story is is so prevalent, is so helpful to the other person's soul, and how they're healing in their journey of being like, somebody is listening, somebody is available, somebody cares enough to not share their story with me, but to hear my story, and to let me let what I'm feeling out. And I'm really, 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 really grateful that The majority of us that are on a healing journey has found people in community that is able to share their stories with. I'm really grateful that you shared your story with me and with thousands of people that listen to this podcast because they may not know you, but that little, you know, part of your journey that they heard is like, okay, I went through that too. And I don't have to feel so bad because you know what the thing is, I think Mm -hmm. is such a trick of the enemy is you feel like you're the only one going through it. yeah. You feel like you're the only person in the world that is going through it. Nobody understands you. Nobody will ever understand you. Yeah. And that little thing in your head that's like, well, it's not even little, bitch. That voice be loud. It's like, kill yourself. Yeah. You should just kill yourself. If you kill yourself, it'll be over because you're not worth it. Nobody cares. You're alone. And just kill yourself. And And I'm like, wow. When I heard other people's story... And sharing my story and people being like, I went through that. I went through that. And I'm i like, yo, wait a minute. Nigga, yeah. we all went through something like this. And even hearing your story, Kwesha's story, um, and being like, wow, I wasn't alone. Yeah. And I had people that we could lean into each other and, you know, gain strength from one another, I think was such a, was such an eye opener for me of being like, I wasn't the black sheep. I
1: wasn't the no. unloved
0: child the only unloved child. Yeah. You know?
1: That- like growing up and you you said a lot, you only love Jason's kids. I remember it is in my brain because to me you were Jason's kids. So I didn't really understand and I was just like, like I guess what I'm trying to say is I didn't understand how deep that went.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And until we were older and we had conversations clearly, but I was a kid when you were saying this and I was just like, I thought it was kind of surface level. Like you just thought that mom was like favoriting us. Mm-hmm. And you would always say you like the light skin kids better. Mm-hmm. And i like, again, thought it was surface level. No, no, we love you. We don't care that you're darker skin tone. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like, you know what you I mean? Like I didn't, and it was just like, you're not my half sister. I've never looked at you as a half ever. In my life. Those words have never locked my mouth. I've never, like, oh, these are like my sisters and this is my half sister. Like, what? No, this is my sister. So mm-hmm. when you would say that, I was just like so confused and then got older and was like, ah, I see. <laughs> 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 got it. Right.
0: Um, yeah. I totally get what she's saying now. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think um knowledge is power. Yeah. And having knowledge of Other people's struggles can make you feel less alone and less in the dark and less (laughs) like you are um, by yourself. And when you know that those people will surround you with love and pour into you with love and have concern for you, you're more than likely to do something about the pain you're in. You're less likely to sit in it. Yeah. So I'm like, huh. Growth, baby. Growth." Growth. That is <laughs> okay so I I really want to thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today I do I do have to ask a favor though
1: yeah you're a part two of course <laughs> yeah
0: okay <laughs> can you tell everybody where to follow you and um
1: anything that you would like to share with everybody um do not follow me I'm just going <laughs> <laughs> No, but you know what? I'm getting, I've been getting a lot of traction to my TikTok page because I've been talking about Vanderpump Rules. And if you're a listener and you know about VPR, you can follow me at Drea Does It. Okay. D-R-A-Y-A-D-O-E-S-I-T. Drea Does It. And, <laughs> and you on will get all my, ra- my rants, thoughts, and opinions on it. But I'm super excited about doing part two. Um, I think we got away with ourselves. We're sisters, so we just be talking.
0: We just be chatting. We just be chatting (laughs) man. We just be chatting. (laughs) But no, I'm super excited. And next time, guys, I promise, I promise, I won't talk as much. I'll let Drea talk. I know I talk a lot. (laughs) I was like, shut up. You need to shut up. It's not about you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay.
0: But i will see you guys on the next one thank you so much for listening to the black girl healing podcast don't forget to like share subscribe and comment and to show drea some love on her tiktok as she talks about vpr i have no idea what that show is about i have none she was telling me about it i was just like this is juicy tea but i do not know who these people are so yeah just make sure you follow her uh follow me on ig and i will see you guys on the next one Peace. bye